I'm your host, Dr. Dave Chacho, and I am not a doctor. I am a former rocket scientist, future Bolton Brain, current questionably talented musician, and terrible comedian. Semi-pro science enthusiast, and I am Science AF. Science AF, the show you're listening to, is an audio podcast and a series of animated videos. You can find the podcast on uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and on our website, scienceafpod.com. You can find the videos on YouTube and the new Garage TV streaming app. It's free to download the streaming app on iPhone. Or you can stream videos on the Garage TV website, which is g-raj.tv. That's g-rage.tv. This is a science show where I summarize and explain the science news so you don't have to. It's the OMG, WTF, and LMFAOASMP. Look it up of science. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at discoveries of the Chinese uh, U-2-2 lander. The supposed mystery hut on the moon. The grounded ingenuity helicopter on Mars. Air Force's new research into supersonic passenger jets. A goldfish can drive a car? Erwin Schrodinger, uh, some bad news about that guy. And then we'll do some Science AF shorts, including... The James Webb Space Telescope. New evidence that there might be life on Mars again. And just as always, completely inconclusive. A breakthrough in M multiple sclerosis S. Study. New research finds a that a a common virus might be the cause of multiple sclerosis. This is not helpful if you already have it, but in the future, it could be helpful in avoiding it. 
And finally, we'll take a look at the Dolphin Clitoris. Real close, in-depth, face-to-face. I'm going to go right down there. Take a look at the Dolphin Clitoris. And then we're going to do a deep dive into farts. What animals fart? And how are we going to stop them? And finally, in our segment, Common Nonsense, we're going to talk about a common piece of nonsense. Where were you when you first heard that a tomato was a fruit? And did you even take the time to look it up? Because uh, it's not. I hate to tell you. You've been lied to. All these years. This is Science AF. Thanks for watching. And or listening. And now, let's take a look at the science news. In other words, let's do some science! Wait, I'll do that over. Let's take a look at the science news. In other words, let's do some science! This is Science AF Science News. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Chacho, and I'm not a doctor. Here's what we missed in the time we've been off. Scientists have taught a goldfish how to drive a car. No explanation as to why they've learned how to drive a car. Actually, they did give an explanation. It's something about uh, how they can tell the context outside of their own uh, cube. This Here's some video. If you're watching the video of a goldfish driving a car, no, it's not the most pointless thing that you've ever seen. These scientists are on the verge of finding out or testing that age-old hypothesis that a fish needs a car like a fish needs a bicycle. Next piece of news, Mystery Hut. China's U2 featuring the Chinese Bono and the Chinese Edge is on a mission on the far side of the moon where the streets have no name. And uh, it was big news a couple weeks ago when they uh, released an image of a mystery hut far away on the edge of the uh, horizon. And then it, the, the, the rover found this mystery hut and it took a nice long month to slowly drive over to it find out who lives there and lo and behold like every mystery hut we've ever found on the moon it was a rock they're calling it the rabbit the jade rabbit the something the jade rabbit looks kind of like a bunny not a hut 
Also in U2 news, U2-2, Lunar Rover finds sticky, sto- sticky soil on the far side of the moon, which begs the question, who was living in that hut and what were they doing with their time? Next news! The Ingenuity was grounded on Mars for the first time in history. A flight delay due to weather on another planet. As you know, we have a helicopter on Mars. The 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 Ingenuity uh, uh, copter uh, chopper, Ingenuity chopper, the chop Genuity is on Mars. It has flown successfully 18 times for a total of over 1.5 miles and was grounded for its 19th flight due to a sandstorm. But hopefully it's back up and running. It might actually have taken that 19th flight by now. By the time you read this, might even be 20. If you're listening to this a hundred years from now, might be 22. Go Ingenuity, go. I was going to make a joke about how 18 successful flights out of 19 is a better success rate than JetBlue. Next news. Bad news for Erwin Schrodinger. Actually, bad news for everyone who idolized him. Dude was a pedophile. The Irish Times revealed detailed reports from his uh, record as a sexual predator and serial abuser. So boo on that fucking guy. Most shocking thing to come out from this story. That cat was only two years old. And that's in dog years. And that is the science news. And now, stay tuned for some FAF, SAF, for some FAF, some F, stay tuned for some SAF shorts. This is SAF Shorts. What did we miss? In the time we are off, the James Webb Space Telescope has not only lifted off from the planet that we are currently residing in, but it has reached its final destination in space a million miles away. This is very exciting. This thing is super cool. It's a tennis court sized telescope and uh it's parking a million miles away from earth where is it going uh it's going to the uh lagrange point the lagrange point 2 or l2 a point that keeps its position stable relative to the earth and sun uh well what does that mean that means uh it's uh, equally gravity affected 
the gravity from the sun equals the gravity from the moon and the gravity from the earth there's like a little three-way uh gravity lull there where they all cancel each other out that means if you put a rock there it'll just stay because it's being pulled by the earth and the sun and the moon at the exact same uh dimensions meaning they all cancel each other out i already said that uh this thing is better than the hubble uh more sophisticated and bigger further away from earth so less uh interference although side note impossible to fix if it breaks They're expecting to capture pictures of the very first stars in the universe going way back. That means that's because uh, uh, the further away you can look, the further back in time we can look. That's because uh, light takes some time to get here. And so it's actually possible to see the very first stars that ever happened billions of years ago with this thing, hopefully. And uh, scientists say it will study the atmospheres of planets orbiting stars around our own solar system. The atmospheres of planets orbiting stars outside our own solar system. To see if they may be inhabitable. Or possibly even inhatted. Meaning, uh, do the people wear hats in other solar systems? We're going to find out. The very first stars and galaxies to form are hurtling away from Earth so fast that the light is shifted from visible wavelengths into the infrared. That means the Hubble telescope couldn't see that light, but the juiced, the James Webb Space Telescope can. Let's see that launch that happened Six, earlier. Nine, eight, uh, well, last year, 2021. We have a start. Decollage from a tropical rainforest to the edge of time. We have decollage. Just look at that decollage. Decollaging up into the atmosphere. Punching a hole violently like Rocky Three. This is a picture, this is an artist rendering of the James Webb Space Telescope on Wikipedia. Uh, no actual pictures of it. Here's some more artist rendering. has a big old solar shield. One side of it must be kept under 50K, that's Kelvin, in temperature. The other side's about 80 uh, degrees Fahrenheit, I think it says in here somewhere. Uh, the sun side is a balmy Santa Monica summer the cold side is uh witch's tea cold looking at these pictures i've also discovered one more thing uh what one more secret piece of science fact 
and that is that the Galactic Empire had a whole fleet of these James Webb Space Telescopes, apparently. That's what they look like. Out on the go. This has been a Science AF Short. Thank you. Bye-bye. Possible life on Mars. The Curiosity rover has found Red Planet Organics. No small feat. No slouch, this Curiosity rover. That's uh, carbon-12, I believe, is what it found in, 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 uh, in uh, dust form, I suppose, on uh, some rocks. Uh, and that's very exciting. Does that mean life on Mars? Once again, maybe! That age-old answer that science has never not given us. Maybe! Curiosity rover, by the way, not the, the latest one. Uh, I think the latest one was Perseverance, right? Curiosity, uh, I think it landed in the... Uh, I don't know, 2010 or 12 or something like that. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but it's been up there curiositying, curiositying this whole time, and it has found some ancient organics. And scientists are telling us they're giving it three... possibilities either organisms oh this is unearthed organisms preferentially use carbon 12 for the metabolic processes okay so they found it there so either that means mars microbes producing methane it was then which was then converted into more complex organic molecules after interacting with ultraviolet light in the martian air that's the alien hypothesis. Two other possible sources of this carbon. A similar reaction involving UV light and non-biological carbon di dioxide, by far the most abundant gas in Mars' atmosphere, could have generated the result as well. That's kind of like saying, well, uh, this seems very probable. <laughs> It's an abundant gas in the atmosphere. It could have just been a reaction of UV light to the tons of carbon that's in the atmosphere and uh, turned it into carbon-12. Is that more likely than aliens? You betcha! Number three possibility. It's also possible that the solar system drifted through a molecular gas cloud rich in carbon-12 long ago. Well, I didn't do it. So that's where we stand. We have some carbons. We have organics. We don't have evidence of microbes. So while we have not solved the mystery we might be closer than ever to 
solving or answering that most famous of astrophysicists' question, David Bowie. Is there life on Mars? We don't know, Dave. We'll send a message to you at your super space ghost mobile up there looking down on us as soon as we find the answer. This has been an SAFS short. Let's do another. The Epstein-Barr virus may be the leading cause of multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis progressive disease. Uh, not that it affects progressives, but it progresses itself. Uh, it affects 2.8 million people worldwide. There's no cure. Uh, and uh, nobody knew what caused it up until now. Uh, still don't. But uh, let's take a look. There's this thing called the Epstein-Barr virus. Uh, which affects approximately 95% of adults. Yet, MS is a rare, relatively rare disease. But uh, they have found a correlation from people that have been infected by EBV and people who get MS. So almost everybody gets EBV. And very few people get MS, uh, but it's still a factor, a cause factor that have found some actual uh, correlation there. Uh, multiple sclerosis is a chronic inflammatory disease of the central nervous system that attacks the myelin sheaths protecting neurons in the brain and spinal cord. Uh, it sucks. If you have it, I'm... Um, uh, Sorry, you do. And this news isn't going to help you much. Uh, but they have found that the risk of MS increased 32-fold after an infected with Epstein-Barr uh, virus. So basically, does this fix anything? No, but it tells us one thing. If we can get an EBV vaccine or an EBV-specific antiviral drug, even an EBV-specific horseworm medication, we could possibly wipe out multiple sclerosis this generation. Or sometime in the upcoming uh, decades. Which would not only be great news for the people in the future who don't have to get MS, but great news for future school children who won't have to learn how to say sclerosis. This has been a Science AF short. Let's do another. The dolphin clitoris is full of surprises. Does that surprise you? Scientists who uh, are famously 
negligent in studying the clitoris have finally turned their noses and heads toward the dolphin clitoris. They've found that it's uh, much like a human clitoris, although slightly larger and located right near the vagina entrance, the vagina trance as they call it, uh, has abandoned it during copulation. Uh, it would be almost impossible for a dolphin penis to avoid. That was a dolphin penis expert. Quote. All female mammals have a clitoris-like structure, but we still aren't sure how these organs function or if they give animals pleasure because no scientist has actually giving an, uh, given another animal, including their fellow humans, any sort of pleasure. This this dolphin uh, uh, this dolphin clitoris thing though suggests that the species mates for more than just reproduction. That's what it says here in the ScienceAlert.com story. Guess what? We know that in the wild, for instance, bottlenose dolphins have been partaking partaking in group orgies, where males and females alike use their fins, snouts, flukes to rub the clitorises and penises of their peers. Good for them. Just being good peers. Uh, dolphins, uh, here's another, uh, this is a sciencenews.org, same story. Like in humans, the dolphin clitoris has erectile bodies. Yeah, this, this thing, uh, it gets erections, you know. Penises uh, aren't the only organ that stands at attention. Clitorises, which start out, you know, in uh, mammals before they, uh, they, they uh, before they, this, the primary gender characteristics, uh, it's the same organ. It, it's a penis, you know, clitoris and penis, basically the same organ. Uh, starts out as the same thing before the primary gender characteristics uh, make them into different shapes. But they still grow when activated. They have an elastic fiber that maintains structural integrity under pressure. They found, uh, the team found genital corpuscles, encapsulated sensory nerve endings called corpuscles of pleasure. Yeah, man. These things are, uh, dope. What else? What dolphins reveal about the evolution of the clitoris? Uh, this is a new scientist, same story. Uh, here's a quote. Oh my gosh, these are pretty big, well-developed clitorises. That from famous clitoris scientist. Unnamed here. Dolphins have sex all the time. They have, so have sex for social reasons, not just for reproduction. Yes, conservatives, it's actually possible to enjoy sex and have it whenever you want, not just for making babies. In fact, males have a lot of homosexual sex. The females uh, 
it's not like every once in a blue moon you'll see females stimulating each other. It's actually pretty common. Females actually also masturbate. Uh, they'll rub themselves on rocks in the, the, the sea floor and on other things, unsuspecting fish and eels. The males have homosexual sex, though. They'll stick their penises in each other's blowholes. Bottlenose dolphins are really hypersexual animals. They'll fuck anything that moves. But uh, this just goes to show that uh, not only do other animals have sex for fun, other animals have lots of gay sex. It's perfectly normal. Gayness is out there. There's lesbian uh, cetacianism happening. LGBT of all types. QQIA++. Animals. Including dolphins. And peoples. And everything in between. This has been a Science AF Short. Now it's time for a deep dive. Feeding cattle seaweed reduces CO2 emissions or methane emissions, all emissions, CO, CO2 methane greenhouse gases what can all of these things have in common that's right we're talking about farts this new study is uh shown um let's see uh, finding some researchers at uc davis uh that uh seaweed and cattle diet is effective at reducing greenhouse gases and efficacy does not diminish over time that's right they started feeding uh cattle healthy nutritious seaweed turns out they like it gives them less gas less burps less farts uh and uh they're just as healthy cattle that consume doses of about 80 grams of seaweed gained as much weight in their herd as the others so that means they're healthy they gained as much weight uh, they burped out 82% less methane into the atmosphere. Of course, it goes on to say, as it is obligated to in this article from UC Davis, greenhouse gases are a major cause of climate change, and methane is a potent greenhouse gas. A agriculture is responsible for 10% of greenhouse gas emissions in the U.S., and half of those uh, emissions come from cows and other ruminant animals that belch methane slash fart and other gases throughout the day as they forage so we're talking about cutting out a major greenhouse gas and also uh, uh, switching to a fairly sustainable uh, food for cows although I suppose it would be harder to get it to uh, Kansas uh, than the, the coast but uh, seaweed can be farmed pretty sure pretty much anywhere and uh, 
frees up some of those other corn and other things they're feeding the cows now uh, to, to, to give to us so we can fart. They fart less. Leaves more room for regular Joes like you and me to fart. Here's the AP. There was actually a, a, a little uh, debate about whether cows do fart or is it or is it are they all belches how does the how does this gas get from inside the cow to outside the cow um the fact according to the ap news cows fart this contributes to global warming but cow burps are worse Okay, they burp more than they fart. That's what that means. Methane emitted by ruminant livestock accounts for about 5.5% of the greenhouse gases that come from human activity. 5% of all human activity. And I fart a lot. More than 70% of livestock emissions livestock emissions, are from cattle. 70% of 5%. This could really help we get them uh this led me to thinking uh what else farts here's an article from pop Sci. is it true that birds can't fart it's not that they can't it's that they don't need to that might be the same thing i feel like they don't need to and they never need to kind of can't I don't know birds don't carry the ca gas forming bacteria in their guts as human and other mammals to digest food and let loose parrots sometimes emit fart sounds but that's their mouth yes uh, good research scientist that sound coming from the parrot was it pretending to fart this led me to this article from the Washington Post. Scientists are building an animal fart database. That's right. This is where this has all been going. What animals can fart? Let's take a look. Bats do. Rats, zebras, bearded dragons. On the other hand, birds do not seem to have a need for passing gas. Marine invertebrates such as oysters, mussels, and crabs don't. African dogs really do, definitely do. Gassy seals, snakes, yes. And so, here it is. This does exist. You can go look at it. Uh, find Dr. Danny Rabayawati or search for hashtag does it fart. And here it is, the full database of uh, 86 different animals, all of which were present on Noah's Ark. And uh, which ones fart. And to celebrate this piece of information, I'm gonna write a little song. 
about what animals fart. African wild dogs do fart. Baboons, bats, bearded dragons, and black spiny-tailed iguanas, and bobcats also do fart. Uh, zebras, and pythons, and camels, and cheetahs, and chimpanzees, and cockroaches, and columbine monkeys do fart. Copperheads and domestic cats and goats and hedgehogs and pigs and sheep and dogs and elephants fart. Uh, goldfish and frogs and crested geckos and giraffes, hell yes, and gorillas and gray foxes and green iguanas and grizzly bears and guinea pigs and herrings and horses and humans, oh yeah, and isopods and lagomorphs and lemurs and lions do fart. And manatees and millipedes and uh, mustelids and or orangutans and panther chameleons and maybe parakeets, uh, not parrots, and but pupfish and rabbits and rats and rhesus macaques do fart. The rhinoceros uh, iguana does, and maybe the rotifers, whatever that is, and possibly salamanders, and not anemones, but seals do fart. And skunks and sloths and snakes and uh, not ball pythons, I guess, but rather more corn and rat snakes and milk snakes and hog neck western something snakes. It's uh, not clear the full name of that one on here, but snow leopards do also fart. And spotted hyenas and squids and octopuses and cuttlefish, if we count air coming out of the siphon as farting. And Syrian hamsters, Jesus Christ, tapers and termites. Those little termites fucking uh, might be a lot more significant contributor to, to global climate change uh, than you thought. According to the notes, they'll all fart. And tortoises, and why did they put unicorns on this list? That's crazy. And wombats and woodlice, and that's all that's on here, but they all fart. But there's a few on here that don't fart, including clams and maybe spiders, nobody's sure. And uh, sea anemones, we already mentioned, and not parrots, and not parakeets, and not moon snails because they're all the way up there on the moon none of them fart and common whelks and bristol worms and blue mussels don't fart and neither do birds and that's redundant because it lists a different bunch of different birds on here and ammo mites which i don't know what they are they're mullets i guess and they don't You know what? Who does? 
me and you. We all fart. Me and me. Fart for enough for the both of us. We both fart. And this has been a deep dive. And S-A-F-S. Deep dive on farts. This brings us to our last segment of today's show called Common Nonsense. Common Nonsense. Tomatoes. Is it a fruit? When he's underwater, does he get wet? Tomato man. Is a tomato a fruit? This is a, a question that uh, is the, the topic of many a splainy interaction at a party. Somebody, some Cliff Clavin type, tries to blow your mind when you said you were about to take a bite of that vegetable salad and they said, no, you idiot. That's a tomato, a tomato has seeds in it, therefore it's a fruit, it's a fruit salad you're eating, that lettuce and tomato, that lettuce and tomato is a fruit salad. Well, that's common nonsense. We all have that most splainiest of friend who has breathlessly told us the shocking fact. A uh, fact that they heard from their splainiest friend who heard it from their splainiest friend. None of whom actually bothered to check its veracity. And that fact being, a tomato is not a vegetable, but in fact a fruit. This might be the most widely known shocking fact. And it is. Pure weapons grade balonium. Your explanations are pure weapons grade balonium. Your explanations are pure. Stop repeating, you idiot. It's baloney. Tomatoes are a vegetable, I hate to tell you. Turns out that the tomato, which is famous for being in vegetable soups and vegetable salads, and vegetable casseroles and famous for not being into fruit salads and not being in fruit smoothies and not being in fruit pies is a vegetable and not a fruit just like you thought when you were five before somebody tried to blow your mind and lied to you interestingly interestingly the guy who tries to impress you at a party by saying that tomatoes aren't a vegetable is quantifiable legally as a vegetable. Here's a chart to uh, make things more clear. This is the botanical classifications of a plant. And you'll see uh, there's flowers, there's fruit, there's leaves, there's stems, there's roots. All these things are biological parts of a plant. 
So, bio, bot botanically speaking, a tomato is the botanical fruit of the plant. I know! Calm down! I'm getting to it. Just like a broccoli or a cauliflower is the flower of the plant, a spinach, uh, lettuce, uh, your, uh, your, your uh, charts and what have you, are leaves of the plant, you have uh, 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 asparagus, our stems, carrots, and uh, tubers, or roots. There's other. There's even other botanical classifications of parts of plants. There's seeds, like nuts are seeds, and peas are seeds, I think, and uh, pea pods are fruit because they have seeds in them. But you might notice something that's not on this botanical chart, and that's the word vegetable. If that's the fruit of the plant, what is the vegetable of the plant? Well, there is none. Turns out that the word vegetable has nothing to do with the botanical, with the botanical classifications of plants. The word vegetable it has no scientific value and is somewhat arbitrary and subjective. Since vegetable is not a botanical term, there's no contradiction. Let me repeat that. There is no contradiction in referring to a plant part as a fruit while also considering it a vegetable. This is what I'm getting at, people. A tomato is a vegetable, even though it's the fruit of the plant. Given this rule of thumb, uh, I'm reading from ScienceDaily.com now. Given this rule of thumb, vegetables can include leaves like lettuce, stems like asparagus, roots like carrots, flowers like broccoli, bulbs like garlic, seeds like peas and beans, and of course the botanical fruits like cucumbers, squash, pumpkins, and capsaicins. Uh, those are peppers, I think. All of those things are vegetables. Vegetable, uh, like I said, has no scientific real meaning. It's a little bit uh, subjective. You, you might hear people say animal, vegetable, or mineral. In that context, vegetable sort of refers to all plants, even non-edible ones. But mostly what we hear is the culinary classification of foods into fruits and vegetables. And that tends to be... Uh, in culinary terms, fruits tend to be these sweet edible plants where vegetables are the savory edible plants. Whether a food is thought of as fruit or veg has nothing to do with what botanical part it comes from. And there's no reason the fruit of a plant can't be a veggie. I already said that, but I'm going to say it many more times. Because this common nonsense has to stop. A tomato is a vegetable. But you might be saying, well, there's no scientific definition of vegetable and there's no overarching agency that determines what is a fruit or a vegetable. But no! In fact, the United States Supreme Court in 1893 in this famous Nix versus Heaton case, Nix was super stoked, or maybe it was Heaton, I don't know which side was on which, when the Supreme Court ruled that tomatoes should be vegetables when uh, uh, taxing and tariffs uh, are concerned, uh, tomatoes are veggies. Like one would expect, 
and quote, not fruit. What, what constitutes a fruit or a vegetable has a lot to do with context as well. If you tell your friends that you're going to bring over a fruit pie and then you show up with the tomato, zucchini, corn, pea, olive, and pumpkin casserole in a graham cracker crust, your friends would be correct in murdering you and concealing the corpse. Because that ain't no fruit pie. There ain't no tomatoes in fruit pies would you rather add a tomato to your fruit smoothie or to your veggie salad if you said smoothie you were clearly a psychopath tomatoes are not a fruit if you put tomatoes in your smoothie can't be trusted to make decisions for yourself just like that bro goes running all over town sprouting that a tomato is a fruit he's very likely the same guy who recently just got into crypto but doesn't quite grasp what it is side note do not buy nfts from that guy bottom line is fruits and vegetables are a completely different classification than fruits, flowers, stems, leaves, and roots. Nobody in their right mind would try to tell you that carrot isn't a vegetable, it's a root. Because that would be stupid. A carrot is a root that is a vegetable. Nobody in their right mind would say that it's not, that broccoli is not a vegetable, it's a flower. That would be bonkers. Because the broccoli is the flower part of the plant that is also a vegetable. A tomato is a vegetable. It's a savory plant that's used in veggie salads and soups and casseroles. It's a vegetable that happens to be the fruit of the plant. It's a vegetable just like cucumbers and zucchini and squash and peas and beans and corn and nuts. All of those things are the fruit of the plant in, in some sense, but uh, considered to be vegetables. Well, maybe not the nuts. The jury's still out on the savoriness uh, These nuts, Gotti, Gotti, Gotti. That has been a science AF common nonsense. And this has been Science AF, the podcast and video series. Follow us on Facebook at Science AF, on YouTube at Science AF, Twitter at Science AF Pod, on our website, scienceafpod.com. 
and now on Garage TV, the iPhone streaming app, hopefully an Android streaming app coming up soon, and uh, website g-raj.tv. It looks like garage with the dash in it instead of the first A. Garage.tv. It's a streaming app with comedy web series. is mostly just this one right now, but I'm working on it. I built it myself. You see, Garage TV is an app I made to put shows on, and this is one of them. Like I said, pretty much the only one. I have been Dr. Dave Chacho, and I am not a doctor. Um, you can... Uh, find me at dave chacho and all the things here's some uh some other info we have a venmo at gravy day uh you can go to our patreon.com slash gravy day etsy.com slash shop slash gravy day gravy day.com these are all my things uh if you have extra money burning and aching to get out of your pocket and go and help some poor science nerd send it to me this has been science af thanks for listening slash watching slash feeling with your heart what i'm shooting in your face i'm sorry that's not terrible this has been science af the omg wtf and laugh my ass off and shit my pants of science see you next time bye bye science af science af science af science af science af science as fuck